1: This is Severe MMA, Severe MMA, Severe MMA, Severe MMA, the Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome everybody, it's episode 261 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Kenny Powers of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about an interesting night last night in the world of uh, MMA and uh, an interesting week as every week seems to be these times. Graham, heartings, things, fine day for it.
1: Yeah, all good. Yeah, it's, it's not as sunny um, today as I thought it was going to be, but... Uh... <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully the heat comes back because uh, there's nothing much else to do during a uh, quarantine I feel or like, lockdown.
0: I feel like we've reached a stage where it's kind of a little bit uncomfortable to podcast. You know, it's it's just like a little bit too warm out, and you're just sitting here sweating in a <laughs> in a in a leather chair for like an hour, but sure. We get over that too, Graham. Is it? I I know the sacrifices
1: you make, Sean, for the for the for the, the fans, the people.
0: Talking on the front lines here, podcasting on the front lines. That's what we're doing here. The people, the people need this to keep them going. And actually, come tomorrow now, people are kind of going be going back to work a little bit and stuff. So hopefully, good morning to everyone on Monday morning if you're listening to this and uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy your first day back in work. But in Ireland anyway, it seems to be there's like a little bit of life coming back to it. So you know not too bad hopefully there's a little bit of light at the uh, at the end of the tunnel but sure these things yeah ho- happen.
1: hopefully we won't see like a, a spike with with people going back to close to normality or previous normality
0: yeah well we likely will at some stage hopefully we don't but and hopefully if we do it's not too much so we can kind of keep you know people are getting better at it and we can keep it uh keep the the harsh rolling i suppose um before we get into all the fights and stuff, if uh, okay, if anyone doesn't want to hear like two or three minutes of me talking about the coronavirus, just forward on here because I know most people don't like it, but I have to do it. It's something that you can't not do. I don't know if you watched uh, the Bundesliga uh, uh, during the week, but I w- obviously we have three UFC events now in the uh, in the can, and we have a few Bundesliga games as well. The the other sport to come back, I know I'm sure there's something else, but you know the other major kind of sporting uh, endeavor to come back and. There's, like, the difference between the adherence to the social distancing uh, in the Bundesliga and the Premier League is, it's stark, really. You know, they have, when they score goals, they're not really, well, no, I didn't see all the games, but the couple of games I saw... You know, they're not jumping on top of each other. They're, you know, they're giving each other yeah. the elbows. Apparently one
1: of the one of the teams did celebrate each goal. Oh, really? They're not going to be punished, but the rest of the teams observed the, the protocol, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like on the sidelines and stuff, everyone was wearing masks. They weren't putting them over their chins and everything like that. And they're like... And it's not me saying oh the UFC should be doing this. Like it's the UFC saying the UFC should be doing this. The the New York Times released their protocol that was I don't know was it leaked or did they how oh, they got it, but it was released anyway. And they, this is this is in their protocol, so it's not me making up these rules. It's the UFC making up the rules. Uh, so like I think that's pretty clear. They're failing miserably on that. I think anyone who just doesn't blindly want to see fights coming back would would agree with that. But the one thing I, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll give to the UFC, or maybe not give them, but, like, the difference between, like, the UFC and what the Bundesliga are doing, and the the bad thing for the UFC in terms of it looks so much worse, or we see so much more, of it. it's during the week, like, the UFC fighters turn up, and, you know, we see them acting like idiots in the hotel, we see them getting their swabs in their nose, we see them weighing in, we see them doing interviews, like, we see the UFC fighters from the second they arrive till the second they fight, like, uh, you know, I'm sure people watched Erling Haaland there the other day scoring a few goals. Did you see him the week before that? Man, you know, maybe you saw him on, on the TV arriving or maybe you saw one clip of him training or something like that. But it's totally different. Like, we, there's a microscope on the UFC and on MMA fights just because of the nature of what it is. You know, just because it is, you know, like... I was actually watching some Erling Halland interviews there a few minutes ago, and he gets interviewed, like, you know, probably before and after every match, or maybe maybe every time he scores, which is every match at this stage. But, like, you know, we we don't see Edson Barbosa that much. You know, we don't see him, you know, we see him three or four times uh, a year. And if he is fighting this weekend, you're going to be interviewing him. You know, so there do UFC have that extra... Um, yeah. Uh, look at them. They have that extra microscope that we see every movement. We see like Cheeto Vera was getting his uh, his coronavirus test, and his uh, his carman, whoever it was, was like hugging him and holding him as he was doing. It was like, what is the point if there's a guy, two guys with no masks on, and there's you know one guy's getting tested, and the other guy's holding him and touching him. It's like, what if he fails that test? Like, how bad is that going to be? But like, I don't know. Like, it feels if the UFC just. Uh, adhere to their social distancing protocol I think a lot I, I'd have almost no complaints apart from you know they need to do it for a little bit longer but uh, the Bundesliga I think how we you know we talked about it a few weeks ago how they m- might be able to show the way for us they have, in the sense of the the game time. The rest of it, it's going to be different for the UFC. But wh- like, what is your take being on it? If I know you watched a bit of the Bundesliga and stuff, what did you think?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's probably you know more kind of eyes and more, more regulation, more regulation around the the soccer like the Bundesliga and mm-hmm. the Germans are like known to be efficient and they probably put you know they probably put a bit more planning into it. Um, you know, Bundesliga is kind of the, the guinea pig for the rest of the the European leagues, like the Premier League, the English Premier League, so um they probably put a lot more money and and in planning into the into their protocols and making sure they're they're observed and briefing the people about about exact all the players and the staff and everybody involved about what they need to do. I'd say it's probably you know, the UC is always kind of run a bit it's kind of a circus, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's kinda of, what do they say? The seat of its pants, like you know what I mean. When the Bundesliga is probably a lot more like I don't really know the inner workings of the Bundesliga, but I'd imagine that it's a it's a lot more organized.
0: Yeah, and it, like it comes from the top down to you, Dana White going around sitting in a cage side with no mask or gloves on or anything. You like he does not give a fuck. Like so, it's why would, why would any of the fighter's care when he doesn't care? So it's you know and and as well he he put that he only got three tests and he was there for all three fights. Like that is not enough. By any means, you should be getting tested twice before the fight at least, and once after it as well, because uh, this is about the spread of the disease, this is not just about going in there with it, but anyway, look, we we talked about uh, coronavirus enough, and often. Don't look, those are the issues that are still there with it, if they get people in a week earlier, and if they test them a little bit more, and if they adhere to the social distancing protocol, I think we can do MMA and maybe do it safely, Um, but... At the, the way we're doing it, it's not safe. And I suppose we know in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, it nothing happens, you know. But uh, we won't know for uh, for a while. But however. Right, let's get into a few of these fights from... Uh, actually, b- before we do that. N- next week's cards... Th- there was supposed to be a card in the 23rd. But now it's apparently moved to the 30th. I saw someone tweeting last night that... It's not even one hundred percent yet that they're on about moving it to Vegas, and if that can't happen, maybe Arizona, and if that can't happen, uh, you know, canceling the card altogether or moving it even further up. So we're uh, we're very much using this card. Well, a, yeah,
1: know, but, why not Jacksonville again if if they can. can't?
0: Uh, uh, whoever it was, I, I think someone, I think it was, I don't know who it was tweeted it, but it was a, a journalist that as well. Uh, and this is pure speculation I'd say now but the uh, the cost of it is just an awful lot in, in Jacksonville you know moving everyone down there and doing it all there it'd be much easier if they could do it in um, in uh, Las Vegas where they have basically their own you know they have their own uh, headquarters, uh, headquarters and, uh... they have rooms there and everything where they could house people and they have you know they have deals with hotels and you know I'm sure the, the UFC would, would get hotels at a much better rate with them all being uh, the, closed and the connections in Vegas, I
1: mean. in, in Vegas. obviously the the strongest yeah
0: Mm -hmm. so it's yeah i think it's more 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 of a cost thing but uh, you know the amount of money they're getting from espn it's going to be a big difference as well so i i think it's you know we'll see about those cards coming up but it's definitely not the 23rd anyway it's been moved to the 30th uh with you know and it's still very much up in the air but however right um so the fight's let's get straight into this Dano against Marbozo one, right? <laughs> because we, we, we disagreed <laughs> with this uh on the night. I watched it again. I know you watched it back as well. What, so what was your thoughts on it? Who do you think won it on rewatch?
1: I thought Barbosa won it. I thought, the, I thought he won the first two rounds. I thought it was, uh, you know, it wasn't a robbery. I think there's like, you know, there's there's like a bad decision where the, yeah. the the incorrect guy gets the nod, but it's close enough that you can understand. You know, you're not like, what the fuck happened there? Like, uh, what was the judge watching? It's not one of them, but I think, I think it is. It is a wrong decision. It is a bad decision.
0: Uh, I, I don't. agree. I think it's a very close fight. Look, the first round, I think we can all uh, agree on that Edson Barboza got got yeah. a couple of knockdowns on me, so we no need to talk about that. The second round, I actually. Second, though, I, I watched it back right, and as I was watching it, I was like, mm, you know, Graham is probably right. Um, uh, uh, Iga had it really
1: pains you to say that. I know, uh, I know. No, well. hold <laughs>
0: on, oh oh don't counter tickets too quickly. Iga had like, like Iga. Um, I don't know if he broke the nose, but he cut the nose, big cut over the face of Edson Barbosa He did land. Yeah,
1: it, it looked cosmetic to me. It looked like a glancer. Like it, it didn't. It didn't. Them glancers are the ones that kind of cut you, and it didn't look like a broken nose or anything. I thought that was just that was just cosmetic.
0: I, he, yeah, I don't know, he, looked. it was three or four shots he landed, and at the very start of the round, he landed two very big shots, Um, and it, it ended up with a cut nose, so however you think of it, that's, you know, that's what happened. I, at that point, I said, okay, he is ahead, I was looking, but maybe not as ahead as I thought he was, or didn't land as many immediately impactful shots, but then... Can't and Barbosa
1: was landing to the body and to the legs yeah, with impactful. He was. And he's but... like, you know, he does have extremely good body and leg kicks. Mm-hmm.
0: I the thing about Barbosa, as well, before we get to the end of the second round, it feels like when we're viewing it, when we're judging it on the impact of the strikes, Barbosa, to me, looks like a guy who takes strikes badly, if you know what I mean. He he looks like he throws strikes really hard and the, the impact that his hard strikes have on his opponent don't look as much as the impact yeah. the strikes have on him. He's just...
1: He, it, he kind of does... It's it's, it reminds, it's it's not as exaggerated as Phil Davis, but he does that kind of shelling mm-hmm. thing when he gets... Even if he gets glanced or touched, he kind of reacts mm-hmm. like in in a kind of I don't know. It's a, It's it's like. Phil, it's it, it. reminds me of Phil Davis isn't it? Yeah, at the start of his career, especially. But it's not as exaggerated as that. But he do. I know what you mean when you say that. But I'm kind of used to that now. You know. I just kind of know that that's the way he kind of yeah. shells up. But
0: to me, so because of that, I think. Uh, I think he was behind in in that second, and he hadn't landed like in the first. He hadn't landed those immediately impactful punches. Didn't came to the end right? So. I was expecting to see what I saw last night and say, all oh, right, Barboza won that round, I was wrong. But I don't think, like, he landed that uh, knee to the body, and, okay, he hurt Ige with it. Was there
1: another big left kick to the body? That yeah, well, whatever, yeah, the, yeah, whatever, yeah,
0: whatever, the kick to the body, yeah, it hit him to the body. He didn't knock him down, though, with that kick. Like, Ige kept going for, like, another four or five seconds, and then he went for kind of a takedown slash pull guard like it wasn't it wasn't stuff stuffed
1: stuffed a couple of takedowns in that round as well easy enough where in Ige was kind of left kind of hanging onto his ankle for a second and I don't know I just thought I just thought it was you know it was close but I thought it was clear enough for for Barbosa what did you think of
0: the knee to the body or the the kick to the body at the end do you think that like was an immediately let's say Ige was winning the round for argument's sake do you think that was enough to like take it away from him
1: um, well, it depends on how how far ahead you have him in the round. Like it's it's it, like it, it wasn't like a blowout either way or anything. And that's not that's like it wasn't like oh, Ege was destroying him and then he nearly he, like, you know he he hurt him bad to the body. Mm-hmm. It was more that it was like really close. I probably had it like you know fifty fifty slash Barbosa maybe winning because of the the hard leg kicks and the other body kicks and mm-hmm. the, the the stuffed takedowns but like, it was extremely close, and I thought that sealed it for for Barbosa. Like, the round.
0: For me, watching it back, I, I I think this is as close a round as you can have, to be honest. And maybe that's when you go to the effectiveness, effective aggression. Like, who would you give the effective aggression to then? Maybe you do give it to Ige there. It's, it's it's hard to tell because Barbosa kind of mm. counters more with those big shots. Yeah. But I, I think where, where I go to in that right is... At the, at the start of the round, you see in the first 10 seconds of the round, Michael Bisping kind of shouts, Oh, he's landed two hard shots there. And he he did. And in two or three more came, right? I don't think Barboza had hard shots in that round apart from at the end. So, like, if you look at it, and you look at purely, like, effective... Uh, powerful striking. Barboza had the one big shot at the end of the round, but Iga had three or four throughout the round. Like there's a tendency as well to forget I know, I what think happened. I think Barboza had
1: round. more than had more than that throughout the through I think it was it was very back and forth, even like there was some like I know leg kicks aren't as like you know they aren't as effective as like a, a big strike to the head. But Barboza was throwing some heavy leg kicks and some some working the body well, and uh, I just thought he was he was using more variation and um i thought that it was it was close it was it was so close and then that knee that clearly hurt uh, Ige obviously in my opinion anyway sealed that round for him yeah
0: was it, look I
1: was close you know, like, you know i i thought it was close but i thought that was that was the i was very surprised when ege was given the decision
0: what what did you think of the third round? Who did you think won gonna...
1: that? I thought that was really close. Like people were mm-hmm. saying, oh, that like the first was Barboza and the third was Ige, and that yeah. was kind of like a write off. But I think this was an extremely close round, and like mm-hmm. you know, Ege did get the takedown with about um, seventy or sixty five seconds to go. But he landed one one good good shot to the head, and the rest were just you know shots to stay busy, mm-hmm. nothing much in them. Um, and I thought before that. You know, Barbosa had clinched him against the, against the cage and had the two really good knees. And you could see Ige had kind of brought his hand down the block because he was he, he was affected by those. And uh, there were still leg kicks and other body shots as well. Like that left kick to the body was still working. I thought that was a really close round. Like could have went either way.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like this is one of those fights where I think Ige won 29-28 well, I think Edson Barboza at thirty twenty seven is a good score as well, <laughs> you know, and especially on Rewatch, that third round was very, yeah, you know, very I thought close. That,
1: I, like I said to you last night, I thought it was closer to a thirty twenty seven than an E win. Like, like it was, wasn't like usually you say that and you think, oh it's a, it's a robbery. But as I said, it was just I think it was less than a robbery. I just don't think it was the wrong decision. Yeah,
0: I, I, look, like, I think the third was very close. Uh, all like it was similar. Like I don't know. It, it, for four minutes almost it was extremely close maybe you'd have Barboza ahead a little bit if you were to score it thin but I think the impactfulness of that Ege takedown you know it was kind of a slam takedown and he landed
1: but he didn't even pass guard he got stuck in butterfly guard and just landed one decent he landed one one elbow and he
0: landed a couple of shots like it's in a close a round, of, that's like you know,
1: sh- yeah, yeah. I think uh, like I can, I can I have no argument with somebody like that's a round that I, I can, I can give either way. I was surprised that people were kind of writing it off as a yeah, that's, oh, that's an easy round and Barbosa the first round.
0: Yeah, and I kind of did that as well, and I, pro- I was probably wrong. You know, did that was a round you could give to uh, to Barbosa. Like I think. I think the third round, you, I think you just about give it to you get far that, but the second, like the second round is so close. That's that's one of those. Like, rounds. You know, I'm kind of
1: more like, for some reason, I think people, if they think Barboza's winning, the, has won the first two rounds on a scorecard, and there's a razor close round with a takedown at the end, they're probably going to go, okay, Ige gets that round, but yeah. Barbosa wins the fight in their head. Like mm-hmm. it's a natural thing. Like,
0: I, yeah, and I think this is the, we'll talk about the Gedelia and Hill fight in a second because I think that's a great fight t- to look at in terms of how you judge uh fights you know properly this fight is very very different. I think I think this fight is very much like you know I I did a podcast with Ben Carlage and he said the great line about judging is a verb. You have to judge the effectiveness, the effectiveness of the strikes. It's never going to be like a, a completely 100% agreement for everyone. It just can't be like one guy hits the yeah, other guy we're who hits
1: debating about how effective like you know the knees were yeah. the knee was or the the sorry the left kick to the body was in the second round and how effective like you know I probably think the knees to the body in the third against the cage were more effective than you do right? mm-hmm. because Ege dropped his, dropped his arm down to protect and you know he's leaving his head open there a bit as well so it must have affected him but well, maybe you think it's a little bit you know it's it's, it's all opinion
0: yeah it's yeah, it's it's just the, how you judge those uh, the effectiveness of those strikes but <laughs> watching it back I I still think Ige just but I don't know I'm less convinced this morning than <laughs> than I was last night but uh I, I like a good how did you think um how do you think Barboza looked down at one forty-five?
1: Um, he looked okay. Like he, he kind of looked just like Barboza looks. Um, I was surprised that maybe had I easily he was taken down in the third round at, at the end. You know, usually he does have pretty good tight defense against guys who weren't really strong wrestlers. So maybe he was a little bit more tired than he usually would have been. But uh, up until that point, he he looked pretty much the same. I thought.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he looked big. You know, <laughs> I thought he looked huge for the division. Okay, Egan might not be the biggest guy for 145, but you know, Edson Barboza was always a guy who was maybe, you know, a little bit more muscular than his opponents, but uh, a similar enough sort of size. Um, the, the worry of me with Barboza is he he's he seems to be like the most powerful guy in the world who never knocks anyone out you know well i know never i know obviously never is uh never suppose well, his power
1: there. is kind of in, in his most power is in his leg kicks and his body work rather than his his head his uh, head work so maybe that's why he's not getting as many finishes but you you, you would you, thinking about it now you probably i would have expected him to have more finishes to the to the body and i think he had one or two to the legs very early on in his yeah. his UFC career but not in not, not a lot of years
0: I, I was very worried about him and his ability to go three rounds and even though he did get taken down late I thought, I thought he was okay I think like Phil Darrow is his uh, straight and conditioning coach I've had him on the podcast before and usually guys like that when I hear them speak or when friends of mine who know more about it than me hear him speak they'd say like he's a bullshit or whatever but that guy seems to be like really really smart and all his fighters look really good like in Jacek went to him uh, after she was with that weird place with all the you know the you know the, the promo codes and all that and she's looked good since that and he's Dustin Poirier as well has looked really good since he went to 155 and this guy seems to be seems to know what he's doing and seems to be really good and Edson Barboza looked you know I, th- I thought he looked good he kept going uh, and I was worried about him like I, I think on the scale he looked it was pretty worrying but uh, like, the thing about you know we talk about translating power up it's Can Edson Barbosa translate the power down, I think, is uh, is an issue. Yeah. And I think all can...
1: people always, I think we're guilty of always kind of over-assuming that dropping in a weight class is going to make you beat these kind of guys at a similar level in the weight class ab- above. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the weight code seems to take away from guys more than adds power. They, they add power to their game. And also you're dealing with faster guys and it's, it's, a, it's something you're not used to you know there's a lot of variables isn't it i think people kind of assume that uh, if you drop down you're just going to have this size and strength and power advantage that isn't always there
0: yeah it very 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 rarely works but however yeah look a good fight anyway i think maybe we get caught up in the judging a little bit too much but good performance from barboza good performance from iga and you know it's a sort of uh so it's a sort of back and forth fight that we uh, we like, and a lot of toughness and coming through it from from both guys. So a very good fight as well. We must uh, must mention that. Then the other kind of close judging fight was Claudia Gadelia versus Angela Hill. Your your girl uh, Angela, uh, you you yeah, on, for on Angela, first, did you?
1: On, on first watch, uh, I actually had a f- few problems with my internet. I don't know why my internet was just bad last yesterday, mm-hmm. but um I, I missed a bit of that fight. But I I thought that from seeing 90% of the fight that Angela Hill was going to get the decision in a like could have went either way kind of kind mm-hmm. of fight but uh seeing seeing it back the the third round or seeing it back the the whole fight um I think it's just Gadelia but I don't think a scorecard for Angela Hill is, is terrible or anything but I I, I do think that Gadelia just just edged it like Angela Hill she kind of um um had that big moment what was it the middle of the second round second
0: round it? around
1: there yeah yeah and that that obviously took the round for her but the, the other two rounds I thought she was the first round was, was clear enough for, for Claudia and the third round is kind of the one in the dispute
0: mhm yeah, oh yeah, I'd agree. I would agree. Like the first round, it was—I I thought it was just like different levels completely. Claudia Gadelia just too strong, pushing her against the the cage. Just—and it's not that she's bigger; it's just that I think she's stronger, has better technique, yeah. way better technique against the cage. It's a similar story
1: though. In most of her fights, where the first round you can kind of nearly give to her, and then the third round you can nearly usually think is a... Uh, yeah. Maybe not.
0: Although it was a bit different because it was the second, like... Cla- Claudia was doing similar things in the start of the second. Then Hill, I don't know what Hill hit her with. I don't know if it was a punch or it was an elbow or what, but she cut just below her eye and it was a very awkward place. And it was like... It was maybe 15 seconds after that where she knocked her down. I really think that cut completely changed his fight because... It was clear to me. I think Gadelia was kind of worrying about it, and she was kind of p- touching her eye a little bit. And then Hill, and yeah, Hill knocked her down. Uh, Claudia made a bit of a comeback late, but definitely Hill. He'll, uh, he'll won that round in the third. Like to me, this Bisping was roaring and shouting, saying Hill is jabbing her, Hill is winning. I was like. Hill was going full Leslie Smith against Sinead Cavallin. This like just whiffing on a lot of her shots, missing a lot. She was landing a few j- jabs, all right, but Gadelia was landing one twos down the middle. She was landing for me all the power shots. Uh, and in yeah,
1: sh- I think I think Hill yeah. did land probably uh, more shots, but the cleaner, yeah. the cleaner, more pop on the shots were uh, in the third round was probably from Gadelia and, and it wasn't like a blowout that like. You know, she got danced around or anything. It was it was really razor close round. I think
0: uh, I don't think so. Like I, I think cadelia was winning because she was landing all the power shots. Like that's how you score in MMA. If you land a thousand jabs, it doesn't matter if someone's landing more. Yeah, I don't think Cadelia
1: landed like a lot of power shots. I think she she did win the round with the with the clean work. She she did land, but um I do think as well that like Bisbing definitely did kind of yeah. comment comment or commentate on on Hill's strikes a lot more. Yeah. But um you know, I, I think. I think like if if Hill had been given the, the decision, I don't think it would have been a robbery. I just think it would have been wrong, the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't. I wouldn't call it a robbery either, but I don't think it would have been a good decision. Like I think Girella was ahead, and then she landed at elbow late. You know, the one that kind of completely sealed it. Like the problem as well, I think, with Angela Hill is it's very hard to look at someone like Angela Hill and be. Kind of unbiased if you're a fan because a lot of people they like her so much you know she's I like her so she's hilarious on Twitter and she's very funny and she a, a fan for, like we've been talking the last while about fan I think uh,
1: yeah I, I agree with that but I think also people a lot of people when there is a you know for example Barbosa is cut up or G- Gadelia is always cut up they they think that oh they like if you're looking at the fight and you kind of missed a few seconds or you're not really yeah. sure you look. With that and you, you, side with the person who's got the clean face rather than the person who's got the cosmetic damage, even though that isn't the the rules.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's true as well. But like, the, and the underdog as well. There's a tendency to go for the underdog, and which which Hill was coming in here. But it's you know.
1: Yeah, it's... there's a huge there's a huge thing with that, especially with somebody who's like you know, for years been at the the top of a division or a champion, for example. We talk about it all the time. Like you know, Anderson Silva having rounds scored against him that he clearly won, and yeah, John Jones. you know. Yeah, John Jones, and you know even McGregor mendez like you know, it, it, when you're at the top of the games, people expect more from you, and it's a natural thing. It's hard to, it's hard to combat, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I, I think in one way it was a kind of a pity, maybe for the division that he lost because. Ketelia's been there, you know, and she's lost a few title fights, and I
1: think... Yeah, it's a bit stale, yeah. Yeah,
0: I don't think she's winning, or, or I don't think she's improving a lot. And I think Hill has improved an awful lot. You know, we've kind of been maybe a bit critical of her. Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. I, I she, yeah. She's kind of getting to where people kind of said she was about five years ago. agree.
0: yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that, that You said that perfectly. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, she... And, and she wasn't there 5 years ago like so people uh, you, know, you know when she got released and went to Invicta i was like that's that's a good place for her she's she's very green and she needs to go there and even when she came back i don't think she she did it but now she seems to but she's very old as well and she's like in her mid to late 30s as well and it's unusual to see to see that um but um, she's you know she's doing a good job and i like i still think hill has a bit of um she has a bit of a ceiling but I, I was wrong before about her. I might be wrong again, but it was very, very good display. And uh, you know, it was probably the the best display of her career. Would you say? I think it was. By yeah, I think
1: definitely. Moment. I d- think this doesn't set her back. You know, obviously it goes down on the the record as a as a, a loss. But I don't think it'll like you know set her back a lot. I think she'll get confidence from this, and probably like you know maybe she would have went up a bit higher uh, like towards the title shot if she had uh, gotten the decision. But I don't think it'll it'll set her back too too yeah. far.
0: What did you think of this Song Yadong fight? A lot of people calling this a robbery as well. Another another close fight. Like I was, I was kind of busy making dick jokes on Twitter, so I didn't watch <laughs> it completely. But like, I don't know. I felt like Yadong was just landing the harder yeah, shots I, throughout. But I
1: thought the first round, um, Song won, but I thought Vera edged the, the next two. But uh, um, I, I wasn't watching it scoring. You know what I mean?
0: I'd have to watch it back again. I didn't watch it completely clearly, but uh. Yeah, well, look, there was a lot of close fights on this. I thought... I thought the judges got them all right to be honest now maybe I'll go back and watch that I, didn't, you know, I, have
1: haven't, I haven't watched back the song where uh, I, I should have done it before this but I didn't
0: mm, yeah I didn't either so <laughs> be grand fuck em. Uh right before we get to the couple of the, the other fights and especially the main card on the undercard uh, Rodrigo Nasiminto got a nice uh, rear naked choke against Don Mays he looked uh, I thought he looked good Courtney Casey as well lovely armbar there uh, against uh, Mara Romero Borello Uh Darren, what did you think it is Darren just, Elkins yeah.
1: fight how did he score to Darren Elkins' fight? Listen, <laughs> he won the first round, didn't he? Even though he was yeah, even though he was like there was blood coming out everywhere, I thought he actually won the first round, and uh, like, it was it was another really close one. Like I, I was surprised that uh, that it was. um I, I wasn't actually that surprised because of the cosmetic damage and because, you know, Elkins does kind of, he, he does kind of, maybe you kind of, not similar to Barbos, but he just kind of reacts strangely sometimes when he's mm-hmm. hit and makes it look worse than it is maybe. So maybe that plays into it as well.
0: I, I thought it might have been a draw, but no, I, I think I think the other guy probably won an R. Which, right,
1: so. which, which, which what, what, would you have had a 10-8, 10-8 in one of the rounds? 10-8 or or a, in
0: the second, yeah. I think yeah. Landwire beat the fucking shit out of him in the second, but Elkins came back. I a 10-8 though, yeah. It was close, like like, (laughs) I find it hard because I get so I got I don't know why. Especially last night, I was just like marking out for Darren Elkins. Like Darren Elkins and Diego Sanchez are really the only two fighters that I I watch. And if they if they fought,
1: would you be up for Diego Sanchez? Uh, I don't know.
0: Like I love these guys. I love these fucking warriors who just go out and leave it all on the line. Like uh, I, I did a rewatch there last week. It's up for free actually for everyone on Patreon. Diego Sanchez, Gilbert Melendez, just. Okay, Diego kind of got boxed up for most of that fight, but he almost knocked Gilbert out as well. And he just like lays it out in the line, like Max Was Holloway kind of Carolina, yeah, and yeah, him off yeah, his feet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like I love lads like this. How can you not appreciate him? You can have your Demetrius Johnsons, John Joneses, and you know Glover Teixeira putting on a fantastic display the last day, and Alexander Augustus, and all these great you know tacticians, McGregor and Habib and all. But like. MMA wouldn't be the same if we didn't have madmen going out fucking bleeding from the mouth and the nose and putting it all on the line and loving doing it like getting the fucking damage tattooed on your chest and going out there with these up and comers and going fucking tauted over them for three rounds and you yeah, Korean out, you
1: know, zombies know. another one as well yeah,
0: I lo- like I love these fucking fighters I love them and like it's been a it's been a harrowing time for, for MMA and I haven't really enjoyed much MMA recently to be honest but I, I, I seen Darren Elkin's like, cheered me up. I love a bit of Darren Elkins. I just... I enjoy it so much. And he could have won the fight. You know, this this Landwire guy... I don't know. I think he's good. But I feel like... I feel like maybe a lack of athleticism might go against him. We talked about Greg Hardy last week. And, you know, his athleticism will kind of take him places, I think. And he's just his ability to be that, like, millisecond away from, uh, from taking shots and things. I don't know. I feel like Landwire... I, I think there's a bit of the maybe the Uriah Fabers about him. He looks a bit like Uriah Faber and stuff, but I feel like I feel like he might be a little bit away from being a top, top fighter, but I don't know. And Darren Elkins is a tough guy and for him to go three rounds with Darren Elkins, uh, even though he was dominating, you know, large portions of it, is is, you know, a good thing as well. He has that fight in him and you see him roaring and shouting like the big American hitting him. But what did you think of Landwire?
1: Yeah, um, I, the showboating and stuff. I thought was was very risky. You know, it was uh, it was close that <laughs> he's doing all these things. And I'm just like, mate, if you're if you're way in front, fair enough. But I suppose it does show a confidence or, or in him in himself. But it's a big win for him. You know, it's by far the biggest win of his career. Uh, as you mentioned, Elkins is always game. You know, he's he's a tough guy to beat. Even if you're all over him, you can come back like he did against uh, your boy uh, Mirsad Bekditch. Mm-hmm you know he's he's always dangerous so it's a, it's a very big win but uh i think maybe yeah i think maybe he still has a a, a lot of rounding out to do
0: yeah i i agree i agree um Jiga Keadze then against Erwin Rivera. Uh, Rivera is another one of these guys who just goes out there and he just threw bombs and he didn't take one fucking backward step in the whole fight against someone who's like, Kila- uh, Ke- uh, what was it, Chikadze? Is that what you said? He looks like a real prospect. I think he's very good. And he's, he's the sort of fighter I like as well, though, I must, I must say. You know, this uh, kind of pint fighting, karate style, throwing big shots, switching stances, throwing rolling thunders and stuff. Like, you, you, know, you know, fighter is. Uh, is close to getting on Team Sheehan, when I can see a rolling thunder coming, I just, you could see it coming, was it the end of the, the second round I think it was, where he threw it, um, I enjoyed this fight an awful lot as well, I think, uh, I think Rivera, he came in and short notice, and that's another thing as well, that really shouldn't be happening in the middle of a fucking pandemic, someone coming in short notice, but, uh, however, I think he did a great job, and he'd probably go back down, I'd i assume, to 135, or, or maybe even, well, I maybe not 125, but 135, and, um, uh, uh, Chikadze will will go on here and probably face some of the best in the world. I would say over the next while. Were you impressed? As impressed with Chikadze as I was?
1: Yeah, I think I think it was a it was a good performance and a good win. And um, you know, obviously, in short notice, it's it's hard for the guy coming in on short notice, but it's also hard for you know you're you're preparing for one guy and it changes up, and um, it's it's not easy either. So yeah, I think uh, you know it's, it shows that he can he can adapt and kind of do It on the fly,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Those knees as well by Chikadze were uh, were really good, and I was very impressed with him. Uh, Kevin Holland in, he landed a couple of elbows uh, and a knee to the solar Claps. plexus and finished yeah. uh, finished off. It was good as well, wasn't it? Very quick,
1: yeah. Yeah, knee to the solar plexus, fucking hell, looks, mm-hmm. looks nasty.
0: Very nasty. What do you think of this Matt Brown fight? Um, I like. Has there ever been a Matt Brown fight that's fu- uh, flown under the radar as much as this one? I didn't even realise he was fighting, uh, you know, until we talked about on the podcast last week. then kind of forgotten. It was like, oh, here's Matt Brown. It was it was odd that he was in this situation. Uh, is Matt Brown the last fight of his contract or something? It was, I don't know, it was odd. But it was uh, typically a typical Matt Brown fight again, wasn't it? A good blood and guts fight and uh, uh, unfortunate in for him. But he perform- both performed yeah. well like that.
1: I think the, the, the chin isn't really there for the style that Matt Brown likes yeah. to likes to bring anymore, you know he he got in the clinch and landed a couple of his couple of his elbows but he, you could see that when he was getting tagged it, it was affecting him more than more than it would have in the past and when you're what 40 fights into your career and you're taking a lot of damage it's, it's to be expected i suppose
0: yeah and that big left hook i have a soft spot for left hook KOs. i thought that was uh was fantastic a big big shot and uh you know brown went down but uh, Bieza goes uh goes on and Look, Matt Brown has retired a couple of times before and this is the time in someone's career, as you said, the chin doesn't take it as much as it used. That's probably, probably a good time for him to go, but... You know, a guy like Matt Brown is a guy who has fought and fought and fought throughout his whole life, inside and outside of the cage. Yeah, I
1: think he tweeted, I, I love this game, I'll be back or something yeah. as well, you know. That I don't think he's even thinking about it. Yeah, retiring that's true. or fake retiring or fake any, retiring, anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, was, I, I was watching the, uh, have you watched the Michael, Do- uh, Michael, what's his name, Michael Jordan documentary?
1: The, I've watched, uh, I think there's still two episodes ago, I've watched all but two episodes.
0: Yeah, the two of them haven't come out come out yet, have they? Like right tonight I think oh that yeah. All right? yeah he did some MMA retirement didn't he <laughs> gone away playing fucking baseball and he comes back again looks <laughs> well, like a spider yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. sure
1: they brushed over that kind of there was a lot of rumours around why and they brushed over it and it nothing to do with gambling or whatever but, and they kind of pushed over the gambling but I suppose they said when... it though
0: they mentioned that on the that.
1: yeah but yeah, but they didn't really go as into it as I, as I thought they would. Oh, yeah, I did. Because it's been like more. a huge, huge. Well, I've, re- I've heard about it on like different podcasts and oh, read yeah. about it. And so people have been speculating, you know, because it is very strange to retire for 20 months or whatever it is. Like, mm. go. Uh-huh. But obviously, his father, uh, I'll let people watch
0: it. <laughs> yeah. It's, you might see me and them bad guy. I'd be interested to see in them. That happens with rugby around here as well, people like, oh, I got, you know, he was out with an undisclosed injury for six months, oh well, yeah, what happened there, you know? So yeah, I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear more about that. I feel like I didn't actually enjoy the documentary that much, okay, there's two episodes left, but I feel like I just don't know the story and they were, it was very muddled, you know, you're going from fucking 89 to 98 and then 92 to 97, it's just... I don't know. For someone who doesn't get the story and is not sure at which point we're at, unless you're completely paying attention, I I don't. know, I feel like for if you're like like if, let's say if it's a fucking Raikin documentary and they did that, I would understand perfectly. But the fact that I just don't really know the story, I, I was I don't know. I wasn't mm-hmm. as a as, as a I, documentarian yourself. How did you uh, think?
1: Of it? No, I, I thought it, I thought it works okay. Like I I, I hadn't thought that I like, kind of. He looks different, and kind of you, you can kind of see what whatever. Even if you miss whatever the the screen that says on nineteen ninety, yeah. whatever it is.
0: I think it's the quality of the pictures more than more than anything else. It's like four hundred and twenty p, and then like seven twenty or whatever. But yeah, it's, yeah. Was, I don't know. I didn't like it that much. It's alright. Um, Christoph Jack got in, and, and Eric Anders. Uh Jacko won the fight. I thought the first fight or the first yeah. round sorry was was very good. There was lots of striking on the brakes, which we don't see that often like little bit of bits of dirty boxing which is kind of something that doesn't happen as much in MMA anymore. I was I really enjoyed that first round and in the second and third round were boring and not much happened. Lots of you know clinching Pushing up you punch the cage you and
1: punching, not really even attempting properly to get a takedown knowing he won't be able to. Jocko <laughs> just, just kind of landing the picking him apart a bit when he wasn't being pushed up against the cage.
0: I feel like Eric Anders is one of these guys who came into his career and he kind of used his uh, you know he was a football player and, all, and he kind of used that well his athleticism and his fast twitch movement to to get him to where he's gotten but now I think he's I think he's trying too hard to be a technical fighter I think he needs to kind of just let that go a little bit and just start throwing fucking flying knees and you know b- pouncing in with big fucking yoel romero type of (laughs) type of fighting just use that and don't you know okay maybe maybe in time it'll stand him maybe you can put them all together but i don't know i feel like he's just uh, i feel like he's just wasting away into like a mid-tier uh middleweight and uh, i don't know i don't think it's working like jocko as well watching this fight it's like there's only so much of a gap you can bridge between someone who's been doing this an awful long time, and the technique they have. You know, it's very hard to bridge that gap. And Jotko, is someone who's been doing it for a long time, you know, and he d- he deserved the win here. I think. I think he was just. I think he's the all around better fighter. Uh, and uh, and was just when you when you fight him at like in an MMA match, let's say. Um, you're you're always going to get beaten. You have to turn it into something else against someone like Jacko when you're Anders, and he just didn't do that. So, unfortunate for him. Um, the main event then: Walt Harris versus Overeem. I'm giving this. I'm giving this a six point six. I think it was. I I really enjoyed it. I think it was a very good fight. Maybe that's a little bit low. I've been a bit harsh with my scores. Well, there, think, there was there was a lot
1: of sloppiness in it, though. Yeah, yeah. I think like, compared to your other scores, that seems a bit high. Is it fair enough? Because you know Harris, like. Uh, I knew Overeem was going to have an advantage in the grappling if it went there but Harris just looked awful on on the ground Um,
0: yeah he didn't Vernice.
1: yeah I know he had a lot of shit going on and all that like you know all the promos and all showed that and with his with his stepdaughter and he's, you know it's hard to be focused and he, he weighed in a bit heavier than before so maybe his you know and the, the whole lockdown coronavirus thing going on maybe he couldn't concentrate on his yeah. his training as much like nobody can really but he had a going on but his Basic yeah. over him just destroyed him. Basically, Mm-hmm. Barred, uh, obviously it was a there was a, <laughs> there was a uh, storm early from Walt Harris that over him looked like he <laughs> apart from almost getting knocked out.
0: Overeem. No, I, I meant
1: I on the in the in the grappling. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like right, he put up right. no resistance. So like mm-hmm. and over him isn't exactly you know came Velasquez in his peak or, or anything like that. Yeah, um, I agree. I just think, uh, obviously, uh, I actually thought that Overeem was gonna gonna give up uh, when he when he was eating the onslaught, mm-hmm. and, he, and I thought the ref could have stopped it as well. To be honest, uh, but uh, Overeem did kind of you know keep moving at the vital moments and did just enough to survive. And obviously, uh, Harris seemed tired after that, and then the tide completely turned. And obviously, it was a big head kick from from Overeem it was kind of the beginning in the end.
0: Yeah, I'm like. Uh, and I'm gonna contradict myself in my own point here, but like, I feel like May Har- Harris, right? In his last few fights or a few fights anyway, recently he's gotten kind of early stoppages and come out flying. Um, yeah,
1: well, ten seconds or twelve seconds in his yeah. last fighter. Uh,
0: I, I wonder, did he do that again because of that preparation? Like, I don't think. I, I think Harris is a smart guy, and I think he's you know he he trains uh, he trains with smart guys as well. And I don't think against over him, that's the smartest thing to do unless you have no other option. You know, did Harris know he couldn't score the four or five rounds that it might take? You know, getting over him down and lying on top of him to to beat him. Like I, I, think, I think maybe that's the case where he just said, "Fuck this! Look, I'm throwing it all at him early, and if I win, I win. I lose, I lose." Like. And or
1: or when he drops him, he just thinks, uh, "If I just swarm him yeah. here, Overeem's kind of prone to to giving up a little bit." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Overeem's in the heavyweight division against some really top guys, and they're hitting very hard. And I'm I'm like, you know, it's understandable, but um, that that could have been what Walt Harris was thinking. And obviously went went all out and didn't have the didn't have the cardio to like, you know, if that went five rounds, he would have been in a heap. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, that that's, might be another... Yeah, it's probably actually... That's probably more the case than, than what I was saying. But, like, it was, it was a good start for Maris. He came out and he fucking, as you said, burst the lip of Overeem. Looked like he's... Maybe his nose was b- broken. It was bleeding anyway. Almost finished it. Like, I think Murgliata did a good job. But watching it again there this morning, he, he definitely could have been stopped. Like, he uh, 100% if he'd stopped that fight, I don't think many people would have uh, argued with it. But I think... Murgliada did a fantastic job Over him, as you said was moving all yeah. the time he, he gave just... him every
1: chance like yeah. uh, in fairness like and him did just about enough in my opinion like if it had been stopped I wouldn't have been like oh you, it's a terrible stoppage or anything because he was eating some you know some big shots yeah. but um, yeah I think I think uh, I think it was it was actually a really really good job by by Murgliada. like you know I saw I saw um, what's your man's name from last week he was blanking on it Jason Herzog yeah they, people were he kind of came out and Apologized. you know yeah and kind of just said um i'll do a bit i'll look at it or whatever and that's that's like everybody was kind of like fair play to you, you know mm-hmm. i think that that's a good idea but i think also when somebody does something wrong you, you obviously people can state their opinion and say that it should have been stopped but when somebody does something right like dan murdiata where where maybe other refs would have stopped it i think you should say that's a good good job dan yeah
0: 100 percent. and herzog had actually another fight uh on this card, and there was, I'm not sure which one it was, but it could have been stopped at one stage, and he let it go, and it was the right job as well, and that's another thing that people won't mention, you know, and, um, like, uh, to me personally, with the Herzog thing, just taking a a bit of a detour for a second, uh, uh, we talked about in on the podcast last week, I didn't think he was wrong, I didn't think he, uh, uh, you know, uh, what I said about he should have maybe stopped it at the start of the, at the end of the fourth, when the corner didn't, I think that's maybe what he looked back on and maybe saw as well. That, like, I didn't protect this fighter enough. And he came out and he said it, which is exactly what you want. Uh, I think he's the best referee in the world, uh, to be honest. And, you know, I think this shows why. Because he went back and he obviously looked at it and he said, okay, there was, there was... He probably looked at it and said there wasn't an opportunity to stop it at any stage during the fight. Well, maybe apart from early. But I let it go too far. And, you know, he 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 probably did, everyone did, it wasn't just him, he said he was the only one to blame, he definitely wasn't that, but for him to come out and take that blame, I think it shows, you know, it's the mark of the man really. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, think there,
1: like I think there has been signs of some like rustiness from judges and, and referees and stuff, you know, it's probably understandable, like fighters as well maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, when you're used to, as a referee doing it kind of, you know, every weekend, every weekend as a judge and then you don't have any you can go back and watch old fights but you know the result and it's not the same you know yeah. but you don't have to the practice to keep yourself sharp like you just, the difference as like, well
0: between uh, sitting in front of your laptop and sitting at cage side as well so. yeah and
1: there's a different atmosphere there for everybody as well like there's no crowd there like there's you can hear kind of the commentator's opinion if they're saying stop the fight you'd probably be i don't know it's just, it just changes the the the, the the dynamics. Uh, the, the <laughs> if we can get it out yeah
0: you're 100% right um, but yeah like it's an interesting thing. it's and it, you know it's going to be a big change as well because when people you know you're saying the judges and, and the referees and stuff as well and you mentioned the fighters but like I don't think that's maybe a thing we've talked about and people have talked about enough like these fighters like, have they been training first of all? Like, who was it? The uh, Curtis Blades came out and said, Oh, uh, you know, Stipe's a joke, he should be training. All. I haven't missed one training session, and there's no excuse. And I was like, mm, well, You know, should you be saying no excuse? Like, it's like, What? It's, Ohio has like its law to, to close the gyms where Stipe is living. It's like, mm, All right, but it's weird. Like, it's and you're going to have people who just flout the laws and we'll go into their gym and we'll train. Then you have others who maybe won't do as much. And it's it's a weird. We have look that hasn't uh, that's a problem that hasn't arise. I don't think so far. We've had a lot of even fights. We've uh, had a lot of good fights. So uh, you know that's one thing I I feel like that hasn't happened. But uh, yeah, it's it's a. It's a weird situation we found ourselves in but just to finish up this uh, this Overeem fight anyway uh, as I mentioned Harris came out smashed him burst the lip he landed that second shot that we were talking about again but Overeem did a good job to uh, to survive it and kept going for those takedowns and single leg single leg single leg the whole time and he survived and then Overeem went full Habib and him was holding that arm underneath him and smashing him in the second round he came out then like I think Paul Felder said it in the commentaries like oh uh, Harris is trying to take this round off maybe trying to recover a little bit and then boom over him a- actually over him first of all he kicked him in the ankle if you watch maybe like 15-20 seconds before he kicked him in the ankle kicked him low and then he went up high hit him with that head kick maybe caught him a little bit unawares uh, knocked him down landed t- actually was the second shot there where over him landed as well after the head kick that I think it was a left hand right down through the middle uh, put uh, uh, Harris down and then look Dan Murglada gave Harris Of time as well. You can't say he just gave it over him. He gave Harris an opportunity to move, uh, and he didn't. And I thought it was uh a. I thought it was a good stoppage. Uh, to I thought
1: honest. it was a little late the stoppage, uh, yeah. to be honest, but it wasn't anything egregious.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll never complain when someone gives someone time. If it's something where him is landing, you know, ten shots in ten seconds, fair enough. But he's kind yeah. of picking his shots.
1: And how many, how many shots? Like, and Overeem wasn't throwing like you know, it wasn't like these shots that are just thrown to reference and stand you up or mm-hmm. just for show. They were. Big shots, like landing. I, I didn't count them, but there was a lot of unanswered punches. Just where Harris was kind of shelling up, and then at one point he actually wasn't even blocking the punches. He kind of mm-hmm. his hand was just kind of floating there. His arm was kind of floating there, and I, was, I thought he was kind of, you know, looking for a way out. But then he started blocking again, and or trying to block again. Yeah, I thought like it was probably a few shots late mm-hmm. to stoppage. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was, it was close enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give out about it anyway. Um, right, a couple of things here before we wrap shit up. Uh, Kevin Randleman, UFC Hall of Fame GSP, UFC Hall of Fame I think I, I think GSP was always going to be in the Hall of Fame, I don't think there's any debate about that Kevin Randleman with the uh, the Pioneers wing, I think definitely as well like, uh, obviously, maybe you saw some of these fights live, I don't think maybe I saw one or two, but I, we weren't there for his prime, you know and for pride and all, we would have been too young before our time, but watching the career retrospectives and seeing a lot of his fights and a lot of, you know, him against the opponents and stuff, I got a real appreciation for what, you know, what an animal he was. He was a tough bastard, like, uh, was always game to fight. And I think, you know, you former UFC heavyweight champion, definitely deserving as well. What did you think yeah. of these two announcements?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, um, the UC Hall of Fame doesn't really mean much to me, you know, uh, never really into Hall of Fames. I think yeah, me maybe it's more of an American thing or North American thing, mm-hmm. but, um, if you're going to have it, I think both GSP and Randleman, you know, makes sense to put Randleman in the pioneer wing. And mm-hmm. having all these wings, though, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems convoluted to me. But I don't know. These Hall of Fames are just don't mean much to me. Yeah. But uh, my lasting memory of Randleman probably is in the fight he lost, where, but where he dropped Fedor on his I'm head saying, really yeah. explosively mm-hmm. before being finished. But uh, it was just, you know, Fedor just being dropped on his head like that. It, 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 it was like any other. You know, any other fighter probably would have been, you know, a couple of punches, and he would have been out there. But Fedor was kind of a different beast back then, mm-hmm. maybe more well-rounded and uh, than than everybody else at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, even though obviously he had some great achievements and won belts and all, that's my kind of last mem- memory of of random Randleman. Just a slam, not not the fact that he lost a fighter, anything. Just the. Dropping Fedor on his head really explosively at the start of that fight. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like, and I I suppose we would have been able to better tell this if we were there watching at the time and being in it. But it's kind of like a little bit, maybe like uh, Diaz beating McGregor, you know, it's like this guy that we think is invincible, and in this guy makes him look human, even just for a second. (laughs) I think though,
1: Fedor, like a lot of Fedor's fights, he'd be in trouble. You know, at some stage balls, yeah. and come back, it was kind of his. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, he'd always get like something bad would happen to him and he'd come back mm-hmm. and win. But even um, then, when
0: like when over him tapped him, like we, that was a big thing as well. Like, you know, that was like Verd- Verdun, Verdun, I mean, what did I say yeah. over yeah, yeah, and strike force. Like when he triangle him, that was that was a big thing. Like, it was still even though you know, it was maybe yeah, coming out. That was like,
1: run. you know, he signed for strike force after the UFC. Had, what was it? Apparently, Dana or Frank or Lorenzo, one of them had said. That they'd offered thirty million for six fights or five fights. I think it was five or six million a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but dummy, as Dana White called him, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't agree to to no uh, co-promotion. So yeah. he went to strike force mm-hmm. and uh, then obviously you know Verdum had kind of been knocked out by by JDS, uh, mm-hmm. who was kind of an unknown at the time, and gone off to kind of left the UFC. So it kind of it kind of really took the the invincibility shine that people had put around Fedor often, and obviously you can kind of say oh, people like I got caught it was you know
0: yeah, work out Jiu-Jitsu then Bigfoot beat
1: the living not out of like yeah. and then obviously a middleweight knocked, knocked him boat, out in yeah. the first round yeah.
0: I was listening to a podcast the other day Maybe Dev Milton. They were talking about that Hindu knockout, and apparently people were giving out about that stoppage at the time. I don't remember that. The one ever. under the arm, yeah. And he he face planted onto the ground. Clean out. Nah, yeah.
1: It was like, come on, what the fuck?
0: Uh, I think that was. People like, People
1: were just fedor, like you know. People were like, ah, he lost that fight, but he didn't lose that fight because it was a cut and it doesn't count. So he's yeah. been unbeaten in 25 years. Yeah. It's like all right.
0: Yeah, I think that was like that was just a, maybe. Free Twitter, a little bit, or at the start of free my Twitter, maybe, but it was. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember But, quote. like, you know, the kind of thing
1: of, like, people who were watching the UFC and then these people who were hardcore MMA fans would be like, ah, yeah, these guys are good. Andre Lowski or wherever. Tim mm-hmm. Sylvia is good, but uh, Fedor, like, mm-hmm. you don't know this guy, but he's the best. And he kind of their guy, like, you know, for example, the Diaz brothers are now or whatever. Mm-hmm. People will defend it until the that's end
0: true. that is very true that's very true
1: right uh what did you think
0: of ufc 249 got seven hundred thousand pay pay-per-view buys which is
1: who said that like uh, uh,
0: i think a few people have said i think it is true all right it wasn't we're we talking was the same
1: kind of the equivalent the old equivalent like we were talking last pay per view number pay-per-view or are we talking actually seven hundred thousand people on espn plus buying this pay-per-view no
0: what what do you mean by are, that boy?
1: You know, remember when they were given numbers before for pay-per-views, for example, the the uh, Cerrone-McGregor one, they were saying as the old equivalent of yeah, many boys. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, this was 700,000 boys apparently, yeah, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're sceptical, I see
1: yeah yeah i'm skeptical just because people know how to stream and if you have to go to all that effort it's just easier just to stream it like
0: yeah there's no other sport on on fairness and it was uh true it's
1: true like seven hundred thousand is like if that's true that's huge
0: massive yeah it's but like this is probably their most successful
1: like even jones i don't think he can do that anymore on espn Uh, no
0: this is like their one that'll be their most successful pay-per-view of all time if you take everything like Take everything into account. You don't have a huge star like McGregor, uh, or you don't have this unbeaten guy like Jones. Okay, you have Gaethje and Ferguson, two fantastic well, fighters I, I, who I we think, think like, are brilliant,
1: but Two point six million, and yeah,
0: but like this is completely un... well, maybe not completely unexpected. But like, but you know, boredom is a fantastic seller. <laughs> you know, boredom is yeah. probably the, the second biggest draw in the UFC right now. So, it's. Uh, I do
1: you think know, it, like you, know, do you think you can put it down to like you know uh, any kind of like Tony Ferguson is a draw or no. or you think it's purely people are bored at home and that's your only reason why it did an extra yeah. four hundred thousand pay per views? I,
0: I can't see anything else to be honest. Like. There's some very good fighters in Ghana. Fantastic fighter, Gaethje and Ferguson. But there, there's not in me. Like if Habib was on it, maybe you could say he got to shine off McGregor. If
1: what was the, what was, was the, it, the, the the last prelim, the the headline prelim? Uh, was that a really good fight?
0: Oh God, let me hold on. I pull mm. it up here. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, that does help, I suppose. But I, I don't. Know it does it...
1: seem like I, I, it seems a little high. I don't know if I, who's who's giving out that number. I don't know.
0: It was someone from like the Wall Street Journal one day, and other people said it as well. It was it was kind of confirmed. The last one was Pettis versus Cerrone. A good fight, like, but not yeah. fantastic. Decent.
1: Yeah, good fight against two guys who are known. Maybe because, you know, Pettis, former champ, and Cerrone been around for so long, just coming off biggest fight of his career. Like, maybe that's what uh, plays into it a little bit. People are like, oh, yeah, oh, that's the final push. He decided to decide to buy it. Yeah. But just, the, yeah.
0: Do you think this? Uh, do you think this changes the game for a certain Dubliner that, like, he knows now? People people will buy it and it will draw. Not just during the pandemic, but also it depends on ESPN like Plus. Would,
1: if they were to put on, when's the next pay per view supposed to be, and what will be the sit? Yeah, and the, the, sorry, the next one after that. Mm-hmm. Um, when will that be? What will be the situation? You know, yeah. the, the games probably completely or like the the circuses are will probably. Be be completely different
0: yeah it will but yeah that's very true but do you think even the second part of it that people now know that ESPN Plus is there like seven the, you know, maybe there's you know 300,000 of them who are hardcore MMA fans but you 400,000 new people possibly do, who do never we, bought a pay-per-view before who now know where ever, to buy it
1: yeah do we ever get a number for the last one I don't know
0: no I don't think maybe so maybe
1: that, that helps you know people are already signed up for the, from yeah. Cowboy and McGregor so they don't have to go to all the extra effort of of or setting it up, basically.
0: Yeah, it's like it's going to be very interesting for the, you know the next one. I think Nunes is on it and Felicia Spencer, but I don't think there's much more announced. <laughs> mm, like yeah. uh, the thing is, well, bit like you said, where will we be? Like the Bundesliga is back now, and the Premier League will probably be back. Maybe but it maybe. On
1: like you know, we could get news from Bundesliga in a week or two. Yeah. people are, we just don't know. there's so much up in the air in the UFC. Don't you? You know, they postpone the show from this weekend to next weekend, or or maybe who knows when mm-hmm. uh, it's still all up in the air like we're there, not business as usual <laughs> as, uh, as Dana would say
0: yeah 100% um, right one more. One or two more things we'll answer a couple of questions here first one is from Patrick Malarkey and it's definitely something I want to get to because it's do you think Jones is real for teasing the fight with Francis Ngannou, or is it just uh, to keep him visible in the MMA bubble what do you think to Francis and Jones do you think it's possible
1: I think it's possible yeah oh, I think God. Jones like needs to needs to at some stage he's going to go up you yeah. know he, he is so why not now
0: like oh god this is the fight like this is the fight we need to forget about like these Jones, fairy like, tales
1: like, you know, we're all looking at, at Ngannou knocking people out and Jones is probably like looking at that going that's sloppy as fuck yeah, you know he what I mean definitely
0: is 100% he's tweeted that <laughs> but I don't think
1: that's bravado I think it's it is it's, yeah it's, it's, it's what he sees uh, yeah, you know 100%. like for example like when like somebody watches for example you know we, we might think yeah, Tony Ferguson, other people might think that's high level, and then other fighters at the high level might be looking at that, just seeing holes everywhere, you know. That's what somebody like Jones would be thinking, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like,
1: so I don't think he's afraid, I don't think he's like, oh, I'm afraid of that guy.
0: Yeah, someone asked Dana White about making the fight as well last night, and he says, he didn't say it wouldn't happen, but he said like, oh, you know, it's people talk on Twitter, but actually doing it is a bigger issue, which is actually pretty well, I think Jones would want to be
1: handsomely, handsomely paid as well yeah, obviously and
0: he's probably not going to be so that's probably not going to happen but god like I don't know. Do you do an interim title at heavyweight for that with Steve out Like, what?
1: Oh, so many interim titles. I
0: don't know. I, I yeah, to be, be grand, the problem is, as well, though, like Tony Ferguson lost his twelve 5 winning streak in an interim title, Max Holloway lost his big winning streak and in an interim title. Like, do you want to lose Jones winning streak possibly on in an interim title? Like, you know, I'd probably pick him to beat Francis, but he could lose. There's against Francis. There's always the there's always the the possibility of losing, but. I just really yeah. want to see that fight. That's like there's no other fight in the world. This
1: coronavirus corona thing, like obviously people after like nine months or ten months or a year, start fans start saying, "Oh, you need to strip this champion. He hasn't fought. Whatever the reason is, various reasons But this coronavirus probably gives people an extra bit of yeah leeway, an extra few months, like yeah. before people will yeah. start getting getting antsy about. You know, you need to defend or vacate.
0: Yeah, Steep's issue is he was out injured for a while. It was he had a problem with his eye. Then he's now back feet, I believe, but now he can't train and he's a first responder as well, working on in uh, working as a fireman. So it's he's in a very difficult situation. I think the interim title at heavyweight probably is the right decision to make, but someone oh, so I, Paul Brown said it to me there this morning or yesterday. Do you think there's anything in John Jones? going up the heavyweight to take the Francis and Gano fight maybe for a, an interim title just to do one over in dc <laughs> to put, like dc out of that mix
1: like yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that was thinking you know he does like to fuck with people like he, he definitely takes enjoyment in that in messing around like you know for years he would i don't know if he still does but he put up things on instagram or facebook or twitter and delete them so you had to be following him or you missed it like he likes Fucking around and mm-hmm. messing with people, we saw the the back and forth for years with him and Daniel Cormier. All there still there pussy and you know pretending yeah. he can't hear him and all all, all the stuff like he's he, he does he does enjoy winding people up like so. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised at all if that was that was a part of his motivation for, for kind of finally. Well, like he talked about he talked about going to heavyweight earlier in his career and then kind of stopped talking about it and now this is kind of the first talk of it again in years Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's it's an odd one but i don't know with john jones he's talked about it a lot will he ever actually do it i don't know it's it's tough to know uh david fleming asked what did you think of um the ufc using walt harris's daughter's tragic passing as a narrative for the fight a lot of people i saw him giving out about this and like i wouldn't disagree with him per se did they over i uh, did they overdo it a little bit maybe they did but i think you kind of have to well, they, that they, make, they
1: make those promos and then like for for all the promos they make these promos and they run them over and over and yeah, over and over again it's problem, just like man. the formula you know what i mean yeah. even if the promo is like just a standard formula like oh, i've been training hard best camp of my life fucking all this shit like you know mm-hmm. hey, even if it's how they just run it run it run it run it so i don't think it was like you know any kind of malice or any kind of we're trying to exploit this. Keep running, I keep running. I think they just run these pap- these promos always, always over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian O'Neill asked over on Patreon, is it strange? There's only four fights announced for the May 30th card. I think yeah, we kind of answered that earlier on in the fact that
1: but we only know we, yeah, we, don't, we on. don't
0: know what's going on where where it's uh, where it's going. Um, uh, Mark Atwell asked about Joe Rogan and the Jud- uh, the commentary as well. Someone else asked about like I, yeah, I Rogan. Uh, well Rogan and. Oh, Maybe, Rogan wasn't but D.C. Yeah, but Rogan was commentating last week and D.C. was oh, commentating so. during the week uh, like to me I thought I thought the commentary last night was way better with Felder and Bisping like uh, D.C. is I didn't, know Felder. I did, I didn't you know, think Felder
1: had his best night to be honest you know? yeah he kind of you know tripped over himself a few times and was kind of trying to banter a bit and it didn't really work but um, yeah I don't like I don't know I kind of zone out a lot of the a lot of the commentary to be honest yeah
0: me, me, too. Last question here from Christopher Graham and Patreon. We'll answer every other question. There's loads of questions, so the Q and A will be a long one this week. Uh, but last one here: How did you score the first round in Harris versus Overeem? I think that's an interesting question. How how, how did you think you you would score that?
1: Um, I scored it for. I what what did it for, Harris?
0: yeah me too i i think he was closer to ending the fight over him was almost all could have been stopped over and did a good job of coming back and he landed a lot of big shots but yeah by the judging criteria i think harris is on so
1: 10-9 10-9 yeah
0: she's yeah. in great to be in agreement graham you, think, do you know what's great <laughs> to be like a, a legend a judging legend That's sure, what they call you, you basically judging. agreed
1: with me about the barboza one but you just you just couldn't quite bring yourself to agree <laughs> Let's, no. let's
0: be honest. <laughs> Not really, no. yes yeah. no, I didn't. Though, M- yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate being that. Though. I'm never like that. I, 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 if I see something different, I, I will change my mind. I was, but I don't know I was close it was close We'd, although we did you know we did give people that said there's going to be a big debate about this fight so we couldn't like let them down you sure
1: know? I, I'm man enough to come out and say that the hill the hill fight was uh, yeah. the <laughs> wrong decision on, on rewatch but you're not so we'll yeah. leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> you're,
0: just, you're just being the bigger man here
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said it you said it yeah, fair enough
0: fair enough i'll give you that one right hopefully our fucking technology brought us through today we've had some serious problems but it, it might be okay yeah, for uh, fuck's sake
1: your laptop constantly updating all over the place <laughs> yeah,
0: this one hour four minute podcast that took about four hours to record but anyway these things happen in mma right that's it thanks everybody for listening sign up patreon patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast or what is it severe mma.com forward slash points cost a price of a pint a month there's lots of stuff up there four or five podcasts new every week interviews and, and uh, what's it? andy stevenson interview brian moore that's up on our youtube you can listen to that uh, i interviewed douglas lima there last week as well that's up you can listen to that youtube what is it severe art on youtube as well so uh, subscribe there actually even if you're not signing up this Patreon, something will cost you absolutely nothing. Go over to SoundCloud. Even if you listen somewhere else, uh, we're we're nearly at like a thousand subscribers on SoundCloud, which is not even like close to our numbers. And SoundCloud is very important for us. So if you're on SoundCloud, try to get us to a, a thousand subscribers there because that will be uh, that will be big for us, and we can yeah. we can move it forward. Even, and so. even if
1: you. Even if you can, if you're, for example, if you use iTunes to listen to your podcast, Mm -hmm. you can follow us and whatever, like us on Spotify or all the other apps that you use as well. Even if you don't use that to to listen to us, Mm -hmm. might get you know further up the charts and get more people's um eyes on it and get them listening to it. indeed
0: and it's uh it's a different no. time as well because a lot of people listen to going to work and now there's a lot of people not going to work so it's uh you know it's uh it's a difficult time for the podcasters out there pray hashtag pray for pods but anyway right that is graham what are you going to be up to for the week sitting inside doing nothing well, well hopefully the
1: weather will, will pick up and uh, we can have some barbecues and mm. you know uh, this heat wave they were talking about doesn't doesn't seem to be Appearing, but you know you can never believe the. How's the your weather. sunburn? My sunburn is um, yeah, it's okay. It looks more like a tan now than a sunburn.
0: Yeah, I'm lovely in tan. I'm beautifully brown here now, so it's very good.
1: Great. It's obviously a farmer's tan, though. It? Yeah, it is. Let's yeah. make no mistakes.
0: <laughs> is yours surely a farmer's tan as well? Is it?
1: Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
0: The only farmer you would ever see around Dublin, right? God, actually, how big is? The, I've never seen. Is there towns like outside of Dublin city? Like in, is there like rural towns in Dublin?
1: Um. Not not like similar to like to then actual country.
0: Yeah. Here, I have a question. I have a question for you, right here. I'm going to do a quiz for a Dublin person. Can you name a town in Limerick? Limerick city. No, that's a
1: city. That's a city. Yeah. Um. No.
0: Can you name a town in Tipperary? No. Can you name a town in Clare?
1: It was somewhere before, but I can't remember the name, now. Fuck's sake. You could Westport, th- is that in Clare? No, that's in Mayo. <laughs> no, <fuck's
0: sake. laughs> this is I'm glad I did it. You could surely name a town in Kerry, can you? Uh,
1: Yeah, a few, like uh, Ramor. Uh, what? Ramor, where my gr- my grandmother's from.
0: R- Rathmore, is it? Ramor. Ram- I don't know that.
1: No. It's different, yeah. It's right. Small enough.
0: Okay, fair enough. <sighs> right you can't even name the town I'm from bad farm never liked you
1: no sure what would I need to know that dickhead never liked you It's a bunch of heads in <laughs> a <to the> field <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, but that's the most Dublin <laughs> should we, should, we need to build a wall keep the fucking Rona in Dublin that's what we need to do the rest of the country will be grand only for you fucking polluting
1: sure, you can't stop rafters. making trips up here to Dublin I know what you're talking about I fucking about. can now <laughs> you, you wouldn't be allowed through the wall
0: <laughs> uh, you're like the fucking wildlings of up there in Dublin fucking okay. ugh Jesus almighty. It's that's that's the best thing actually about the run. I don't have to go to fucking Dublin. Actually, um um the Belfast card with Reese McKee fighting for the title would have been last week. James Gallagher versus um Cal Elner and over in London would have been on Saturday as well. So unfortunate. But anyway, right. That's it, Graham. Thank you very much for joining me.
1: Crazy, crazy, what you could have had! I it need this. Indeed.
0: Here's a look at what you could have won. Remember that in Bullseye. <laughs> do, 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 do you surely watch Bullseye back in the day? Did
1: you? Do you know that REM song, Country Feedback?
0: No, I don't. I'm not a fucking no. uh, REM, REM
1: overrated, or class
0: over it class. what's that? What's that? Money Fox name? Uh, Marcy. Morrissey, Yeah. Oh, fuck's legend. Name. Rubbish. Irish blood, English art. Go, Morrissey. Get Buffy Egan on jail, you, he'll fucking kill it. Spit on the name,
1: <laughs> Oliver Cromwell.
0: Did he? after i played them, so we'll take it back.
1: <laughs> right. That's in the song, Irish Blood and Richard. Oh,
0: was it? Oh. That's I'm, that used to yeah, be on, like... You listen to the lyrics. That used to be on FIFA back in the day, <laughs> or something, didn't it? I think... I think no, it, I don't think wasn't so. Was not on FIFA, though? Maybe not. Right, we're no, just I remember the
1: FIFA butchered song, too, by, by Blur. By, it's like a two-minute song that played in the menu constantly, constantly, constantly. Did I, I don't remember that?
0: No. Do Jovers is going to like Tesco and they play? Or is it Tesco? Or is it, I think it's Tesco. They play like covers of songs. And it's like it's re it's or is it Duns or so? no? It's Duns. I think is it? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Right, we're just rambling. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, all that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week. It is never too late to be what you might have been. We'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday or whatever. It is.